Well, hey, everyone, welcome back to the show. Today, I'm interviewing a real estate power couple, a couple of young real estate entrepreneurs I've had the pleasure of getting to know over the last number of months. We've got Jake Penny and his partner in crime in life in real estate, Leanna Conrad. Hey, you guys, how are you doing today? We're doing great, Dave. Hey, how are you? I am great. So, Jake and Leanna are Burr investors who have been doing this for a number of years, and they started off with flips. Now they're doing burrs, single-family homes, small multifamily properties in and around Pittsburgh and surrounding areas. And, and what we're going to dive in here today is a little bit about why they've chosen this strategy and what their secret sauce is to success in real estate and success as a couple investing in real estate together. So you guys, for folks that haven't had the pleasure of getting to know you a little bit, Give us a very, very brief overview of what got you into this wild and wonderful world of real estate in the first place. So we, I mean, we've been together for nine years now, and we started our real estate journey about seven years ago. Jake always had an entrepreneurial mindset. I was in school for nursing at the time. So as we fast forward, realized there was a glass ceiling and we didn't want a glass ceiling, realized that real estate was what 90% of the wealth hold in their portfolio to that financial freedom. So we thought we're going to conquer it and take down real estate. And that's that's where we deep dove. As you said, we started with flips and now we're into burrs. So yeah, that's kind of the, the short synopsis of how we got started. Just Jake always had the mindset of doing something bigger and better. Now, one of the things I love about your story, you guys, and you're very modest about this, but you were actually on a reality TV show. So tell us a little bit about when and how that happened and what kind of lessons were learned about real estate on TV. <laughs> yeah, so we were actually featured on DIY Network, First Time Flippers. At the time, we were not first time flippers at all, but we got... <laughs> so you you had experience. It was not... Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, we, there's red flag number one. Yeah, yeah. in the title. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so the show, DIY Network, was interviewing a bunch of people from local RIAs, which is real estate investment clubs all over the country. And we're like, hey, we got the email that, hey, you need, you guys need to come out and do a tryout or interview with the person producers that- uh, the show. The producers, yes, producers, that's it. Yeah. And we're like, all right, hey, we'll, we'll do it. So we got on, you know, next thing you know, we do the interview, we get a call, hey, you got the spot. And we're like, <laughs> what? That is Does crazy. it bust out the champagne? We're going to be TV, we're going yeah. to be stars now? Yeah. Yeah, little did we know it was going to be a lot of work. Acting is no joke because those shows, it's all acting. It's nothing more yes, than that. There's nothing real about reality TV. It's all scripted. It's all performed. They would have us go, you know, on set or on TV, lay a couple pieces of tile. Then we would get off camera. The tile guy would come in and finish, and then we'd get back on. Oh my gosh, it's all finished! Like <laughs> it's so beautiful. <laughs> and and how about the whole creating drama? You know, because there's yeah. always got to be some drama going on there. How did <laughs> how did they? Because you guys seem to get along pretty well. So, what kind of drama did they inject into your fake reality TV life? Well, one thing's for sure: there were so many bloopers of me because I can never remember the skit. So everybody <laughs> was mad at me. But one of the bloopers were, you know, I was hanging drywall and I couldn't find the studs in the ceiling because I wasn't using a stud finder. So the drywall dropped on my head. Another one where we had a fake pipe burst in the oh, basement yeah. and 
it actually Turned ended up into a real problem and you want to yeah the basement so that was the like the catch right you need something interesting to keep viewers it's all in your show so they made us fake like jake said a pipe burst which actually turned real the whole mm. basement flooded it had about five to six inches of water and this was not accumulated in our budget but they were like wow that was great okay cool now what we're like what do you mean now what that wasn't planned that wasn't in our budget so but that was the bit the only realest part of that show was yeah <laughs> <laughs> now, now, did they encourage you guys to fight a little bit on camera there to to keep uh, things spicy, or not not so much? No, not, not really, because at the, at that moment we were like, "Oh crap, guys, this is legit!" And all the producers and filmers took off with their stuff upstairs, and we're like, "Oh, there was another part where we were carrying out a toilet." Oh yeah, and yeah. It somehow because the porcelain's really sharp, it caught my shin, and my shin was bleeding like a huge cut and they thought we like had a ketchup pack and put a ketchup pack on my leg to make it seem like oh this is you know they're faking it they're really playing the part and i was like oh no i'm really bleeding everybody was like cut call an ambulance i'm like no it's okay i can finish the show and ended up having to go get like nine stitches so yeah it was a good wow. time wow well it sounds like a very interesting experience from start to finish how long was that to, was, to film that episode it was eight hour days not all back to back but throughout the stage of the project so eight days eight hours for a 25 minute show that's 25 wow. yeah so wow. it's a lot of filming for a, a little lot. bit of air time <laughs> definitely <laughs> holy smokes and how long was it before between when you finished filming and it actually got aired uh it was like a couple months yeah i think it was fairly quick but I love it at the end where they were like, oh, they bought it for this. They oh, put it yeah. and sold it. And they made this massive profit of like a hundred some thousand dollars. So I was like, that's not how you do real estate math. No. <laughs> so it was all, so yeah. So big lesson learned is it's all bullshit from start <laughs> to finish. Is that pretty much it? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a oh. fun time, but I just, I don't think it's for us. Don't think don't you're a real estate investor once you watch yeah. a show. <laughs> <laughs> it's not how it works. Yeah, don't think you know exactly what it's how it goes step by step. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks for sharing. Now, did that have any any being on the show? Did that have any positive impact for you guys? I mean, it definitely did. Recognition, you know, that authoritative authoritative piece that Positioning, you can yeah. now put on. Hey, we've been featured on DIY Network. People asked, you know, actually for a little bit there, people were like, "Hey, do we know you?" That that watch it. I mean, it was a big deal in like our, our our area, so people still ask about it to this day to where they can actually watch it still. So hey, I guess it does. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, no, that's something that it would be cool to find a link to that, put that up on your website so people can can check that out if they like. That's for sure. With the disclaimer that this is not how it really works in real life, but something <laughs> along those lines. Cool, cool, cool. All right, you guys. So. You started off kind of doing the the flips. You were on TV. You got your 15 minutes of fame there. You decided, hey, reality TV, been there, done that. Don't want to do any more of it. And then you transitioned into more of a buy and hold type of a strategy. What was a light bulb moment for you guys that made you decide to do that? Well, I mean, that light bulb moment was really with flipping. It's a glorified job. You're finding deals, which takes a lot of work. You're doing the renovations, and then you're selling the property all to get a check that's taxed at the highest rate, capital gains rate, and then have to do all the work over again without building any legacy wealth or long-term wealth at all or passive income. So we're like, hey, you know, 
we're going through this cycle. How about we do the same thing as flipping, but we keep the property, build, you know, equity, which is wealth, and get passive income for the rest of our life. So that's that was the key note right there that we had to change to that because but was there was there one like pivotal moment that just whacked you right between the eyes and said, We gotta change what we're doing here? Was or was there one insight, one person that pointed something out to you? Or was it just kind of a gradual realization? It was more about building passive income so we could build a lifestyle on our terms. Mm. I would say it was gradual. Yeah, like nothing really struck us hard. Like we had a couple rentals as we were going through the flips, duplex, triplex, kind of smaller multifamily, which is great. But then we realized we could scale it. And as Jake said, why do one property get paid once when we can do the whole property and get paid every month, you know, year over year. All right. Very cool. So when did you do your first Burr deal? What year was that? I want to say 2019. I think so. Yeah, okay. So at the time we're filming this, it's 2023. So about four years ago. And what does what does your real estate investing business look like today? What kind of properties are you focusing on? What how how much have you built your portfolio up to at this point? So I mean, to this day, we've probably done over 80 some properties, fix and flipping and burrs. We're two properties away from hitting that 50 rentals properties in our portfolio. So if 50 rental units or 50 50 total properties. Yeah. So that's a little over an eight figure real estate portfolio. Uh, Both of us. So yeah, we really scaled over the, you know, two years, three years. Really with honestly, within the last eight months, we really took the bird to a new level. I mean, we bought 30 properties within the last eight months, which are fully rehabbed, rented out, ready to go. So it, it really, I guess we can say something last year really clicked to how we could scale you know, much more with the Burr strategy. And that's really where we were able to increase those numbers in our rentals. Yeah, we really started taking off during COVID, honestly. Yeah. So out of those 48 properties, how many total rental units do you have in the portfolio? Because you got single family homes, you got small multis, you got a whole mix of what do you got for rental units right now? Give or take. Um, you lost track already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have a whole spreadsheet where it breaks down everything. Yeah, like probably like 48 to 53, something around there. Yeah. Because some of them are like you said, like a triplex or a duplex. And then all of the rest of them are the single family units. Okay. So, so the largest part of your portfolio are single family homes. Correct. Correct. Yes. Yeah, so our got biggest it. multifamily is a triplex. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I got it. I got it now. All right. So what would you say, because it sounds like you really, you know, you got off to a good start and then it kind of hockey, you got the hockey stick thing going on there. What, what made the big difference? What, what kind of clicked in you guys and what allowed you to scale so much so fast, especially with single family homes, which, you know, eventually, typically most people hit the wall with cash credit financing for for doing these on their own, how were you able to get that hockey stick curve growth? Wow, that's another fantastic idea. Hold on to that thought for a sec. We'll be right back. Now, are you a real estate investor who's run out of cash or credit to grow your portfolio? Are you looking to grow your portfolio using other people's money and raising capital? Well, I want to show you how to raise six figures or more in six weeks or less at my upcoming Investor Attraction Workshop. 
You can get your ticket and find out all about it at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. We're going to spend a full day taking a deep dive into this roadmap that I've used to raise millions for my deals, and I've helped other people just like you cumulatively raise hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars for their deals as well. So again, you can check that out at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. And as a loyal listener to the podcast, you'll get 50% off your ticket when you use the discount code podcast. That's right. Discount code podcast at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. See you at the next workshop. So, you know, we hit that parabolic growth by providing more value in our marketplace, whether that's teaching people how to invest in real estate, building an audience, building a following, teaching our investor partners how they can make great returns by being an investor into real estate, you know, one of our partners. So that really helped us scale. And then also we built a team behind us, great acquisition team and an awesome kick-ass contracting team. So that those three things gave us the juice, gave us the fuel to really take off in the past year, really. Okay. Well, I get it with the, the investors and the contracting team. How has the whole platform and teaching and training around real estate, how has that helped your actual real estate investing business? Or has that been where some of your joint venture partners and your your investors have come from is because they've seen what you guys are doing and they've wanted to participate? Yeah. So a lot of our, our joint venture partners have seen what we've been doing, you know, mm -hmm. due to our email, you know, marketing, our social media presence, you know, us teaching at local libraries, doing webinars and seminars and wanting to get on board with us because they see that one, they can make an awesome return being partners, investing in Main Street and also having a social impact in their local communities as well. Um, cool. So let, let's talk a little bit about, because that stuck out for me. That's something that most people that I interview aren't necessarily doing is teaching classes at their local library. So what does that mean? What does that look like? How did that happen? Why did you start doing that? I'm, I'm very curious about that, you guys. So we started teaching a, a course online at our local library called How to Become Your Own Bank. And we teach people, ordinary people, how they can make double-digit returns secured by real estate in their local market by becoming the bank, meaning they can invest out of their you know, investment capital, 401ks, IRAs, place that money into what's private lender, right, by lending on the real estate itself, whether secured by a mortgage, promissory note, confession of judgment, guarantee and suretyship, things that keep their capital secured, all backed by the actual tangible asset real estate. That is brilliant, you guys. Where did, where did you come up with that idea? And how did you get the local library on board to promote you to their, their patrons? Just mentorships along the way. I've been taught by you know great capital raisers just like yourself. Well, I, did, I didn't teach you that one. I, I think no, I, you, did, awesome. you did not teach us that one, but it just... It was a place that we could go and train people in person because it's a free seminar. We don't charge anything for it. It actually costs money to actually do the venue, which isn't a lot, but. So you know, you're doing it in person plus online? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that just, it would just help. So, so did, did you approach the library about that whole idea and pitch them on the idea or, or what? No, that we just had the book on there and it was, you know, a hundred bucks per session. And okay. they didn't really ask money questions. <laughs> oh, okay. I get it. So you're basically, you're just using the library as the venue for presenting this. 
how often do you do these these presentations or these courses and, and how long is it? Typically once a month, online or in person. And they last about, I want to say an hour at most, usually about 30 minutes and then 30 minutes of Q&A. That is very, very good. And then how do you get the word out about those? So we reach out to people online. We put it on meetup.com, Eventbrite, you know, Facebook events, you know, blast it on our social media. And then we also send direct mail pieces to, you know, people that we think may be, you know, a credible investor, whether they're accredited investor they have they've made loans in our market in the past we can do that by pulling a list which is pretty awesome and then just other business owners in our local community knowing that hey they may have excess cash that is just sitting around doing nothing on the sidelines or they're just sick and tired of the up and down roller coaster of the stock market lining the pockets of wall street yeah. where they can actually line their own pockets and help the main street where their businesses are very, very cool. That's smart, you guys. And you're doing that on a monthly basis. And I know it's all over the place, but typically what kind of a turnout are you getting for, for these either live in-person events or webinars? So we like to keep them like small knit. So yeah. we, we limit them to like eight to 15 people, nothing big. We want to be make it personable, have yeah. interaction with the people, not be too crowded to where nobody talks or anything. Uh, really get to know the people in our marketplace and how we can help them see what their needs are, see what they're struggling with, and how we might be able to place this in their investment toolbox. Well, that is awesome because you're getting very, very good quality leads from that. Every single month, you're adding eight to 15 people to your prospective investor contact list. Not everybody's going to jump on board right away. They already see you guys as the experts, as the authorities because you're putting on on the event, so to speak. And what do you find works better, the live in person or the online? Or are they pretty much even, Stephen? It's pretty even, Stephen, because some people like online, some people like in person. And then also we just have that email drip that sends out you know valuable content to them, teaching them more on the process, just to stay in front of them. No, that's, that is good. Keep that up, you guys. That is fantastic. So- one of the things I love about you guys and what you're doing with real estate investing is, is the whole mindset side of things. You don't call your tenants tenants. You call your tenants residents. What's the difference for you? I think we started calling them residents because we see the houses that we flip as they're super nice. They're redone to top market trends. So we want people to feel at home in them. And when you're at home, you're generally a resident. When you hear tenant, you think of short term or a lot of times tenants get a bad rep. Um, mm -hmm. You're generally slumlord correlated with some things. And that's not us by any means. So we wanted to try and change how we said things to honor and respect who's in there. And hopefully that's get re reciprocated to us that they honor and respect our property and our time. And I also say, if you were to see one of our rental properties in our market, you'll know it's ours because our hands down, our properties are the nicest in our market because we go above and beyond what the market even calls for. So by doing that, these people were like, wow, this is really, this is our home. They they see that you put a lot of effort and we redo everything down to, you know, the mechanics, you know, plumbing, electric, uh, HVAC, give them custom kitchens, custom bathrooms, vinyl luxury plank. We really go with the whole nine quartz countertops. So they see the difference that we do versus the other landlords in our market. Mm. And that just totally changes the psychology of the tenant 
into a resident. So when did you guys kind of come to that realization? At, at what was that from day one, your first burr, you did that or or did it kind of how did you come to that? Because so many other folks, other people that are doing burrs want to make their properties look nice, but they don't want to spend too much. They don't want to go over the board because they're thinking they're just going to be getting a tenant in here and they're going to do the normal tenant thing. And why put all that money and effort into it if it's you're going to have to redo it down the road? So how did you guys come to this realization? I guess that started from day one, our vision of our company becoming a household name. We wanted, we just didn't want to be the fix and flippers or the burr people in our market. Mm-hmm. We wanted to build this into a full, you know, full out investment company where people can come and invest with us, you know, rebuild communities and make awesome returns. So by doing that, we we thought, hey, we can't be the same cookie cutter real estate investor in our markets. We can't, you know, do the white shaker cabinets and, you know, the subway tile because everybody does that. How are you going to stick out? How are you going to be different? So we thought, hey, let's make our product better than everybody else. Still on a budget that's affordable. Yeah. And people will notice that. And it hands down, people know what our units are and they rave over them. So have you found that that's translated into, well, first of all, are you guys charging a premium rate compared to comparables in the market? And if so, give or take, how much of a difference are you getting there? Definitely charging a premium rental rate just because, like I said, everything is redone down to the studs pretty much. Yeah. And just the comparables aren't comparable. So <laughs> they're, just, they're just not. I think that, I think that's the title I'm going to put on for this podcast. The comparables are not comparable. <laughs> so, you know, typically the the three bedrooms in our market were usually $200 more or four bedrooms were probably about 300 to $400 more. But even, even some of our one bedroom apartments are like $400 more than what the market calls. Wow. You know, we're doing live edge wood shelves in the kitchen, floor to ceiling tile. I mean, you name it, we're, we're doing it. So that automatically just because of the price point attracts a higher level resident for you. Have you found that this is translated into longer term tenancies or residencies? Yes, definitely. So as you said, but the resident term came about because we knew when we redo our properties, like Jake said, we want a name behind it. We want people to know our product is the best. Our houses are the best. If you see one of our houses listed, you know you're going to be in a great house to show great amenities that other people wouldn't have. So Mm -hmm. you attract, even though, yes, the rents are a little higher, you're going to attract a different type of person who can afford that. But also it's in return to hope that they respect it also. Have somebody in there that's clean, somebody who wants the home to stay as nice as when they first moved in. And we do find that a lot, that most people are, I mean, we have somebody on a five or seven year, between five and seven year now. So people stay a long time. Nice, nice. Well, that is brilliant, you guys. Now, as we wrap up the interview here today, I want to, I hope it's okay if I ask you guys a personal question, because, you know, getting to know you over the last number of months, I, you know, I see your bright smiling, shiny faces on a regular basis. And you guys, you're together 24-7. You're business partners, you're life partners, you attend masterminds together, you travel together, you work out together. You guys are stuck together like glue. 
and you still got big, bright smiles on your faces. What is the secret that you guys have, or what is the mindset you guys have about being able to do that and and not really, you know, get on each other's nerves? <laughs> <laughs> well, one, we we love each other dearly, so I think that really yeah. plays key. We love being in each other's presence. We love the energy that we both put off. We each, in the business side, we each have a role that we need to attain. So we're not necessarily stepping on each other's toes or pointing fingers of who did this, who didn't do that. Like, here's my lane. Here's Jake's lane. If we mm-hmm. both achieve what we need to achieve, we keep going up. Um, communication is huge. We've we've definitely have that narrowed down. Like, if something comes up, we talk about it. If something's going to happen, we talk about it. There's no closed communication. Everything's open. And then the last thing I would say is our alignment. We both have the alignment to go north. We both have similar goals. So a lot of things with us align. And I know that doesn't always happen for everybody. But luckily, Mm -hmm. those things play for us that allow us to stay together, like you said, pretty much 24-7. We wouldn't want it the other way. We love being glued at the hips. If there's one without the other somewhere, people will immediately ask, like, yeah. are they? Okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, she's here. He, they're just in the bathroom. Like, don't worry, they'll be back. Like, they, we're not, we're not far away. <laughs> <laughs> that is so wonderful, you guys, and it resonates with me because years ago, I was interviewing two separate couples that were similar to you guys. They they did everything together invested together, worked together 24-7, glued at the hip kind of thing. And I asked both couples what their their secrets to success were. And very, very similar. One of them had it really dialed out. And they said, we got our, our three C's to success. Let me see if I can remember. But one of them, first one was communication, right? So making sure they had open communication and that they never went to bed angry. And I know that's a overused term now, but they really, really applied that. Commitment, they're both committed towards the same goals, that same North Star. And um, I'm trying to remember what the third one was. It'll come to me right after we finish this up. But basically, very similar to what you guys were talking about, but slightly different languages. So, yeah, it was, it was each one had their roles and their responsibilities. They were committed towards the same goals, and they had that open communication. So that that is the key. So thank you very much for reinforcing that. It's just so wonderful to see see it in action and just feel the genuine vibe of how well you work together and, and how you guys feel about each other. And I, I would say, as an objective person looking in, this is a huge part of your success is being able to work together as a team like this. Would you guys agree? And and what do you have to what are, what are your thoughts about that? Absolutely. Because, you know, we have the same vision, the same purpose, the same goals, that same North Star to we both want to add value to our families and the people around us and build something great. So that both of us having that same goal and that like mind task really helps trajectorize ourselves in the right direction every day we wake up. Very cool. All right, you guys. Well, this has been very fun. I've enjoyed it very much. And if if people want to connect with you and find out more about Jake and Leanna, what should they do? They can reach us on social media. Um, Jake Penny Real Estate on all social media platforms. And I think mine's just Leanna underscore Conrad. Okay. But we also have our website that you can visit, investwithjakeandleanna.com. So there's a whole bunch of stuff there. There's great blogs, there's links, there's, you know, chat with us now page. So feel free to search that or just look us up and reach out. 
Sounds good. All right, you guys keep up the good work. Uh, everybody, thanks for tuning in today. Well, hey there, thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, Investor attractionbook.com. Take care.